0: Pastor Frederick said, um, answering the call of God and being led by the Holy Spirit, uh, to go to Spanish Wells, it was um, quite, a, quite a work of the Spirit, um, I remember, um, and perhaps I've shared this with you, I remember sitting on our front porch on Sears Road, sitting in the corner so that my wife and children wouldn't see me as God worked in my heart. And kind of ripped a piece of my heart away, as he progressively led me to being willing to leave Pelios Ministries, a ministry I spent um, six years investing my life into and people, and then leaving Calvary Bible Church and leaving Nassau, and presenting me the question: Would you be willing to go to some remote place where? name would never be known, and people would never hear of you again, and you might not see your family for years at a time, and it was a process that we had gone through back in 1994 when God led us to be missionaries in, in Dominica, but it was, it was hard, and I remember sobbing before the Lord as, as he took me through that process, and then after that led us to uh, the People's Church in Spanish Wells, and um, so it's a, I counted it a privilege and an honor and a, a blessing from God here to be able to be with you and um, see people that, that we, Andrea, all our life knew and loved and I grew to know and love over six over six years of being here. So it's a joy and a privilege to be here and I trust that God will use our time together for his glory. Um, we're a little bit um, limited this morning um, in, a, in a couple of ways because of my stupidity. And um, I freely admit that right away, and we'll get that out of the way. So if I say anything stupid or do anything stupid, I've already admitted to it, so it's okay. But um, Alan's running uh, my uh, presentation, and uh, so I trust that he'll be able to keep up with my crazy mind. Um, But also, your notes are a little bit strange if you look at them. Page 1 is where page 4 should be, and so um, you'll just have to uh, turn the pages a little bit in in an odd fashion. Um, but uh, they're numbered at the top, and if you want to take notes, that's great. I always hand out notes. Um, I know it helps people. Um, it's, it's got a good educational basis um, and so forth, but if not, feel free not to use them. When you go home, you can make paper airplanes out of them, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, but they're there as a tool as God would lead you uh, to use them to help you understand his word. I don't know about you, I don't know what you remember being taught as a child. Some of you are still being taught some things in this regard, but um, I I don't remember specifically um, as a child, as a a young person, what I was taught specifically related to joy and and related to emotions. But there's a few things that I, I do remember more generally. I remember the impression that I should be suspicious of emotions. I should be wary of them. I I should seek to control and and, and I should seek to suppress emotion. It was almost as though emotions were thought to be totally undesirable, if not elements of the, the dark side. That's what I remember being taught. Certainly, emotion had no place in worship. Certainly, emotion had no place in what it means to be a believer, what it means to live the Christian life. In fact, the Christian life, I was told, was just all about obedience and duty, doing what is right regardless of how you feel. Feelings and desires don't matter. You just do what you're supposed to do out of duty. Do it out of obedience. Don't worry about how you feel. Just do it. But I wondered, I wondered as a teenager, as I started to look at the Word of God, and I was always a questioner, I would just, just wouldn't take answers, I had to see it for myself, and and, and, and see that it was true, and see it in Scripture, particularly, especially as I grew older. And, and I wondered, is this, is this true? Are emotions something that, that are almost evil? Are, are emotions actually something that are, that are evil? Are they, are they sinful? Does the Bible say nothing about positive emotions? Does the Bible say nothing about God honoring emotions, and us expressing positive emotions to God, and, and emotions honoring God? So I wondered, and really nearly 20 years ago, God helped me, walking through scriptures, answer a lot of those questions, and even more recently, discover some more answers to those questions, and I trust that as we look at scripture together this morning, we'll see that truth. Let me share with you where we're going this morning, and this is a a statement that we're going to unpack through our time in God's word together this morning. Joy is an attitude, joy is, is an emotion, joy is an expression that is commanded by God, and that can be experienced even in the midst of grief, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of heartache, when I pursue finding my joy in the Lord. Now, right away at the beginning of that, saying that joy is an emotion that is commanded by God, uh, some of you might feel a little funny about that. What do you mean emotion? You mean actually emotion has something to do with the Christian life? And, and as a believer, I'm supposed to express emotion? That sounds funny to me. And some particularly don't like to express emotion. They see themselves as not very emotional. Let me just ask you to focus on those last three words, in the Lord, in the Lord. And that will carry you through till we get to that part towards the end of the message. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Philippians chapter 4. It will uh, be up on the screen as well from the English Standard Version, which I'll be speaking from as our main text, my, my plan was this morning to speak on Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 7. As I started studying, Philippians 4 um, became uh, a, a four-part message that was not going to fit into this morning. And Ephes- Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, actually became a four-part message that's going to have to take this morning and this evening when I come back. Uh, in two weeks, on the 18th, we'll look at the rest of these verses. But as God led, th- led me through a study of joy and rejoicing in Philippians chapter 4, I saw so much in Scripture and so much that I needed to learn and understand more fully that I want to express that to you. So let's look at it. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reason- reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Joy. There's five commands, actually, in this passage. Rejoice. Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone, or... Demonstrate reasonableness to everyone. The fourth command is do not be anxious about anything. The fifth, make your requests known to God. Two of the five commands in this brief passage are rejoice. Rejoice. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, to help us understand what this is all about and and the emotion and and the expression behind the idea of joy and biblical rejoicing, the Hebrew expresses exceeding gladness. The Hebrew expresses rejoicing. The Greek expresses a state of happiness, a state of cheerfulness, a feeling, a mood, being merry. It covers both the subjective feeling and the objective cause of that joy. So as we look in Scripture, Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary would sum it up this way in Scripture. Joy is a positive attitude or a pleasant emotion. It's delight. This joy rises above circumstances. It focuses on the very character of God. God's characteristics as well as His acts are the cause of rejoicing. In both the Old and New Testaments, Joy is treated as an emotion. It is placed in contrast to negative emotions, and it is also used in parallel as a synonym for positive emotions. In both the Old and New Testament, contrasted with negative emotions and as parallel as synonymous with positive emotions. Contrasted with negative, synonymous with positive emotion. The usage of the Hebrew and the Greek words in the Old and the New Testament... And and seeing them in their contests makes it clear that joy is an attitude and an emotion within the person. Rejoicing, then, is, is an outward expression. Joy is the inward attitude, the emotion. Rejoicing is the outward expression of what is within. Now, we need to understand something because in our English language, sometimes we get confused. We, we think of joy and, and happiness as being the same. And depending on our definition of happiness, they could be. But typically, our idea of happiness is different than the biblical concept of joy. Joy is not synonymous with happiness. Happiness is a feeling that you get in response to things that are pleasing you. It is essentially a, a subconscious reaction. So, for example, if you like steak, you love a steak dinner, and I take you out and I buy you the best steak dinner you could ever get, and I place it before you, you're going to be happy. The best steak dinner you've ever had, you love steak, you're going to be happy. Biblically, though, joy is both a a natural, a, a subconscious response, but it's also a result of conscious evaluation and value judgments. Joy is what you experience when you choose to evaluate and view life from God's perspective and trust in his sovereign, perfect plan for your world. Biblical joy, subconscious response, and conscious evaluation. Another way to put it is happiness is because of our circumstances, but joy is often in spite of our circumstances. Or as we'll see, joy actually defines and interprets our circumstances if you come tonight. See that. So what is joy? Joy is an, an attitude. Joy is an, an emotion. Joy is an expression that is commanded by God. We'll talk more about what joy is in just a moment, but we need to pause for a, minute, a moment and recognize that joy is commanded by God. God commands joy. Here in this passage, we see it two times. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it. Paul's not, Paul's not stuttering. Paul's not like making an accident here. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, let me say, let me make it clear. Let me drive home my point. Rejoice. Rejoice. In fact, in the verses that we'll look at this morning, 20 times in just these few passages, we'll see the command God has given us to rejoice. Let's look at Psalm 43, for example, verses 3 through 4. You'll see it up on the screen. Reveal your light and your faithfulness. God, reveal your light. Help me see. Help me understand. Reveal your faithfulness. They will lead me. They will escort me back to your holy hill and to the place where you live. So notice what the psalmist is saying here. Let me understand. Let me see truth. Let me see who you are. God, let me experience you. Let me know who you are. And and as I know and understand who you are, it will lead me back to you. It will lead me into your presence. Verse 4. Then I will go to the altar of God to the God who gives me ecstatic joy, so that I express my thanks to you, O oh God, my God, with a harp. When I come to understand and appreciate the glory of God, I'll be drawn to, to his presence. I will jo- be drawn to experience joy in him. Thomas makes it clear god help me to understand you help me to know who you are and as i come into your presence and i understand and i see you and i dwell in your presence i will experience ecstatic joy joy upon joy is the literal hebrew joy upon joy psalm 95 verse 1 says oh come let us sing for joy to the lord let us shout joyfully the rock of our salvation. Shout joyfully. Psalm 97 verse 1 says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Psalm 98 verse 4. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. Break forth into joyous song. Sing praises. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, Paul says, rejoice always. Now, we'd like to diminish that. We'd like to take that. Well, not, you can't really have joy all the time. What does Paul say? Rejoice always. Rejoice always. We are commanded to, by God to have joy and to express joy. Rejoice in the Lord always, Paul says here in Philippians. Again, I will say it. Rejoice. Rejoice. What is this command? Express joy? Is that it? Just to express joy? To rejoice? To express some kind of, of joy without a heart? I don't think so. God doesn't command us to, to put on a public show. God doesn't put us, call us to put on a public display. God wouldn't call us to, 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 to say to us, you show rejoicing without joy in your heart. He condemned the Pharisees for that. He calls it hypocrisy. God's not looking for outward show. This cannot be simply an outward expression without a heart of joy. That would be hypocrisy. God repeatedly, 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 especially in Israel, rebukes outward displays that are not genuine expressions of the heart. These people draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God's not looking just for an external display. We clap our hands and we raise our hands and we sing songs. God is looking for the heart. God's not commanding us here just to express joy, just to sing songs, jump up and down and dance or anything like that. God is looking for us to express something that is genuine and real in our hearts. Rejoice because you have joy in your hearts. What does this mean for us since Joy is a command. We are not helpless victims of our emotions. That's a hard pill to swallow. I've experienced it. We've all experienced it. You feel like, I can't help it. I just feel this way. I feel hurt. I feel angry. I can't help this. God says, rejoice. To say, I can't help it, to say, I can't change it, is to call God a liar. Because God commands us to rejoice. To rejoice always. We are not helpless victims of our emotions. We can help it. We can change our emotions. How we feel is actually a complex combination of our thinking, our values, and choice. It's not just choosing the expression to rejoice, it is choosing the emotion. In fact, the Bible is is full of numerous, numerous commands to restrain negative emotions and to express positive emotions. The Bible's full of it. It Commands for us to restrain, to control negative emotions. Anger, for example. The Bible's full of commands for us to express positive emotions. Look at what David Ekman, associate professor at Western Seminary says. The place of emotions is a significant issue within the pages of the Bible, for example, the management of emotions is critical to the spiritual life. One of the ministries of the Spirit of God is to mold the human ability to have emotions into an instrument for the display of Christ's character, God's glory. The biblical perspective on emotions is that, that God, through the Spirit of God, molds us and shapes us. And even molds and shapes us emotionally that we express emotions that honor and glorify God. The truth is that emotions follow our values, our beliefs, our thinking, and our judgments. Our emotions follow our values, our beliefs, our thinking, and our judgments. Let me, let me illustrate that for you and kind of help you see this a little bit. I want you to think with me for a moment about a, a roller coaster. If you don't know anything about roller coasters, and you don't know anything about how roller coasters work, Alan, you could advance that. Thank you. There we go. There's one. If you don't know anything about roller coasters, and as far as you're concerned, they're dangerous machines, and and, and they, 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 they hurt people, and you don't like the idea of getting tossed about to and fro in a... In a uh, a roller coaster and 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 you're just afraid the prospect the idea of getting onto a roller coaster is going to be something that is going to be fearful there's not going to be any joy if somebody's like dragging you and pulling you and trying to get you onto a roller coaster and you're just convinced that these things are death traps and you're going to get busted up all over the place and you're going to come out with bumps and bruises and terrified you're not going to like the idea but let's say you're a roller coaster engineer and you know all about the, the, the mechanics of roller coasters. You know about the multiple layers of safety equipment and, and the fact that roller coasters are safer than the automobile and um, the fact that, that, um, that, that, that no one's ever died from riding on a, a roller coaster and, and you just love getting you know twisted about and spun upside down and you just love that kind of thing. Somebody wants you to go on a roller coaster, what are you going to have? Joy. Joy. Why? In the one case, the person is afraid because they have a set of thinking, a set of values, a way of looking at roller coasters that the prospect of going on one creates fear. The other person has a different set of thinking, ideas, and values, and they look at a roller coaster as something desirable, and they want to get on the roller coaster, and the roller coaster causes great joy. Emotions follow our values, our thinking, our beliefs. So, when my thinking is in keeping with the character of God, my view of life and life circumstances will be dramatically different, and my emotional response will be dramatically different. Look at that. Get that. That is so critical. When I have a proper view of God, when I really know God, the psalmist says, God, help me understand to know who you are. Bring me into your presence to know you. And there, when I'm in your presence, when I know you, when I'm appreciating, recognizing the glory of who you are, when I'm thinking your way, when I have your heart, I will experience ecstatic joy. And when I value God, when I understand and know God, my life will be dramatically different. I will view life dramatically different. I will view the circumstances of life dramatically different when I have a view, a high view of God and an understanding of the nature and the character of God. I will look at life and all of life's circumstances differently. And my emotions will be affected by that. Joy is experienced when we stop undercutting it with false piety. And pursue it as a positive emotion and expression commanded by God. Joy is experienced when we stop undercutting it with false piety. What do I mean by false piety? Well, it's saying that joy is not an emotion. It's saying that it's not important. Saying that it's not a choice. Saying that it has no place in worship. All of that is false piety, not supported by scripture. And as long as we say, oh, I don't have to have joy. Joy is just an emotion. That's for those feely, touchy-feely people. Now, grant it, we express it differently. We're all different as far as our emotions. The scripture commands us to rejoice, to have joy in the Lord. Joy. You have it? Or are you saying, I don't need it, and well, I, I can't help it, I have no choice, and it's not really important. Joy is an attitude, an emotion, and an expression commanded by God that can be experienced even in the presence of sorrow, grief, and heartache. And so Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, that he was sorrowful, yet rejoicing. Now, psychologists have debated, is it possible for us to have positive and negative emotions at the same time? And many psychologists would say, no, you can't. You can't have joy and, and fear, or joy and sorrow at the same time. A recent study at Cal Bar- uh, Berkeley actually demonstrated that it is possible to have positive and negative emotions at the same time. We'll get to that in a moment. But Paul here says, I am sorrowful, yet I am rejoicing. Rejoicing. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. through Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy, He gave us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That is, into an inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It is reserved in heaven for you who, by God's power, are protected through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. This brings you great joy. What does? The mercy that you have in Christ, the inheritance you have in Christ, the hope you have in Christ, being in Christ, it gives you, Paul, Peter says, great joy. This brings you great joy. Although you may have to suffer for a short time in various trials. This brings you great joy even though you're suffering in trials. Such trials show the proven character of your faith. Which is much more valuable than gold. Gold that is tested by fire even though it is passing away. It will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You have not seen Him, but you love Him. You do not see Him now, but you believe in Him. You believe in Him, so you rejoice. You believe in Him, so you rejoice with indescribable and glorious joy because you are attaining The goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Peter is saying there, you have great joy. As you're going through trials, you see the purpose of trials. You see that these trials are making you more like Christ. And yes, they're sorrowful. And yes, they're painful. But you have glorious joy because God is making you more like Christ. But listen, we don't have that perspective so much of the time. Trials come, we say, oh, this is horrible. And the problem is, we just don't get God's perspective. We don't value what God values. We don't see things the way God sees them. And God looks at it and says, this is in your life to make you like Christ. This is in your life to demonstrate the glory of Christ. This is in your life for my glory. And I'm doing something good through this cancer. I'm doing something good through this financial distress. I am producing glory through this. And when we get God's perspective on it, we won't just groan, we'll glory. God, this hurts. But God, I know you're doing something special here. for Your glory. It's an expression. It's not just an act to put on. Not just an attitude. It's an expression of indescribable and joyous, glorious joy in the heart. It's reality. Not something fake. Not something manufactured. Look what Jesus said in John 14. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced. Because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Jesus recognized, Jesus affirmed the the disciples' sorrow in in his death. And he was sympathetic to that compassion towards them. But he also said, if you love me, you'd rejoice that I'm going to the cross. If you had my perspective, if you really understood things. Genuine joy can be experienced even when we are facing painful circumstances that bring sorrow and grief. Genuine joy can be experienced even when we are facing painful circumstances that also bring sorrow and grief. Now for this next one, I, I thought of, 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 of putting some pictures on the screen, thinking of childbirth, but, but I don't think my wife would appreciate it. I have some great pictures of you know Andrea when she gave birth to Ashley, and I, I didn't... Uh, I thought better that I didn't think that would be a good idea. But you ladies that have given birth to a child, joy and grief at the same time, joy and sorrow, pain, fear and joy at the same time even? Sure. Others can understand and identify with that, even us guys who maybe haven't had children. We can understand that. Joy and, and fear, anticipation, excitement, but also kind of like an uneasiness at the same time. Joy is an attitude, and emotion. And an expression commanded by God that can be experienced regularly, consistently, even in the presence of sorrow, grief, and heartache when I pursue finding my joy in the Lord. You miss everything else. If you checked out from everything else, get this. I can know. You can know true, lasting joy. We can know, each one of us, consistent, regular joy when we pursue finding our joy in the Lord. It's not about pursuing just the emotion. It's pursuing joy in the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, delighting in the Lord. The command is to rejoice in the Lord. Joy is not simply a manufactured emotion or an ecstatic expression that is forced. True, life-changing joy is a result of changed values, the result of changed desires, the result of changed affections. It's a result of a changed heart and the orientation of my heart. It is joy in the Lord. It is no accident, Colin Brown says, that the words appear, words related to joy appear particularly where there is express mention of the eschatological or the future fulfillment in Christ, being in him and hope. In him because it is joy in the Lord. We saw earlier Psalm 97 verse 1. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. The Lord reigns because the Lord reigns. We can rejoice. We can rejoice because there's still a God on the throne in heaven. Psalm 32 verse 11 says, be glad in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and Rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. It amazes me how we can shout for joy at a football game or a baseball game or when our team's doing good on TV, jump out of our seat, and somehow we think it's wrong to do that for the Lord. Hello? You know, I can get excited about about a bunch of guys running around on the field in tights, but I can't get excited about the Lord? Something's wrong there. Something's really wrong there. Rejoice. Shout for joy. Psalm 33, verse 1. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Psalm 64, verse 10. Let the righteous rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart praise him. Psalm 97, verse 12. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. Psalm 104, verse 34. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. What does it mean to find joy and rejoice in the Lord? Let me tell you a little bit about my first car. I don't know if we get that picture up. My first car was a 1965 Pontiac Tempest, very similar to this one here. I was especially excited about it because I bought it when I was 16 years old. I didn't have my license yet. Got it for $255, $250, and, and it was a 1965 Pontiac Tempest. I was born in 65, so this was just like happening, and, and I just love this car. Got it for $250, and um, it actually, I, I got it painted that color, did, did, but I love that car. I rejoice in that car. I, I delighted in that car. I valued it. I invested into it. I invested time and energy and emotions. I would sit and think about how I was going to perfect this car and the, the, the different ways I was going to customize it. And I spent hours doing body work on it and working on the engine, cleaning the engine with a toothbrush. That's the truth. Cleaning the engine with a toothbrush and painting it and, and painting underneath and, you know, I mean, just everything I could with a little bit of money I had, you know, I mean, 't spray paint don't cost that much. So, you know, I could always like paint things and you know, and so forth. And I, I did new door panels inside and, and things like that because I love this car. I valued this car. This car was the most important thing to me at the time. I delighted in it. I bragged about it. And I had a great joy in that car. What does it mean to find joy and rejoice in the Lord? It means to value God above all. Got joy? If not, maybe you're not valuing God above all else. What does it mean to find joy and rejoice in the Lord? It's to value God above all else, even at the exclusion of all else. Say there is no greater value. There is nothing worth having or finding but God and knowing Him. It's to delight in knowing God, enjoying Him above all else, to see God Himself as the greatest treasure. Get that. We're going to talk more about this tonight. You heard about it even yesterday in the seminar. I thought it was so fascinating how Darlene Check talked about joy and someone else talked to a couple people talked about pursuing the giver, not just the gift. Tonight we'll talk about pursuing the blesser, not just the blessing. But it's seeing in God the greatest treasure, the greatest thing I could ever have, knowing God and being in fellowship with him and honoring and glorifying God is the greatest treasure this universe has to offer. That's where I find joy in the Lord. That's what it means. That's what it looks like. That I pursue life rejoicing in God, delighting in Him. Finding my pleasure, my joy, my life, everything in Him. Investing my energies into finding pleasure in God. Listen to this. It's not in your notes, but I encourage you to write it down on the side somewhere you can find space. When you have what you value most, you will have, when you have what you value most, you will have joy. Boy, I love that Pontiac Tempest. So I got a little more money, and I could buy a Pontiac Trans Am. Now that was happening. That was fleeting too, because when I flipped it over, because God was disciplining me, I realized that there was no joy in that Pontiac Trans Am. There was joy in the Lord. The Lord I had been running away from for 15 years. Joy in the Lord is experienced when I love God above all else. I value God above all else. And I pursue God above all else as the greatest treasure I can experience. That's the only way you can know real, lasting, consistent, regular joy. Loving God above all else, valuing God above all else. Pursuing joy and pleasure in Him and knowing Him and honoring Him. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You lead me in the path of life. I experience absolute joy in Your life. you say that? Listen, you don't need to come here to experience absolute joy in God's presence. You don't. You don't have to go anywhere to experience absolute joy in God's presence, it's a way of life. We can experience absolute joy in the presence of God because God is in us. And God is everywhere. Wherever you are, God is there. You can experience absolute joy in the presence of God. I experience absolute joy in your presence. You always give me. Here, the light. God. Maybe you'll join me on that journey. Many, if not most, of my negative emotions are a result of my valuing things and desiring things other than God and above God. When I face the absence of these things that I value so highly, of course, I am filled with worry. I am filled with fear. I'm wor- filled with confusion and unnecessary sorrow. Because I value things other than God. And so my negative emotions come because I'm valuing things other than God. Because when I have what I value most, I will have joy. When my values, my desires, and thinking are in keeping with the character of God, my view of life and life circumstances will be dramatically different. And my emotional response will also be dramatically Joy. Yeah, and I say, rejoice in the Lord. joy is experienced when we pursue delight, fulfillment, purpose in our very lives in the Lord. Set aside all other values. Set aside all other delights, all other desires. All this stuff is so matter. I'm going to delight in the Lord. All this is just tools to help me delight in the Lord. Take part in delighting the the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. Joy is an attitude, an emotion, and an expression commanded by God that we can experience even in the presence of sorrow, grief, and heartache when we pursue finding our joy in the Lord. I can experience joy in the Lord regularly and consistently. How humbling this is to me as I see what God offers to me, joy in Him, delighting in Him. And I don't know about you, but that isn't my regular and consistent life. By God's grace, I'm going to continue to learn to value Him above all else, love Him above all else, desire Him above all else, delight in honoring and glorifying Him above all else, knowing my joy and giving Him joy. Got joy? Father God, work in our hearts.
1: Father, help us
0: not to shrink away from the command of your word to rejoice in you. Lord, help us not to brush it aside with false piety. Father, help us to recognize if we don't feel like rejoicing and our rejoicing is only an outward expression without the heart, that something truly is missing. Help us to search our hearts, see what is it I'm valuing? What is I'm pursuing? What is it that I'm living for, that I'm missing out on joy? Work in our hearts, Father. Change us. In Christ's name.